Military Mom Talk Radio. We know behind every soldier, sailor, airman, and marine is the family supporting them. With over 200 episodes in 17 countries, over five seasons, with three million monthly listeners, we are Radio Strong. Now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here today with Sharon Silver of ProactiveParenting.net. This is the fourth in our four-part series, which you can find on iTunes. You can find at Military Mom Talk Radio, Motherhood Talk Radio, Coach Talk Radio, or Powered Up Talk Radio. You can hit all of those shows and find these episodes. They'll navigate you uh, to and from where you need to go. We're doing shows in this series about yelling, arguing, consequences, and today's show is about emotions. Now, neither of us are emotional experts, but we have raised children. We have done a lot of research on these topics. And one of the things that I found, Sharon, was, you know, in a single parent household, um, and I didn't have my dad as part of my household until the last couple years, I, I did this on my own, was this concept of emotions. And I was a really good emotional stuffer. I was the quintessential put up, shut up kid. And I could put my emotions in a box, sit them on a shelf and do what I need to do. Now, that has made me very successful because I don't get derailed by my emotions in business. However, it has played a role in my parenting. It has played a role in my personal relationships with families, friends, and with um, my marriage, and then you know with my my current relationship. And one of the things um, a very well known famous psychologist said to me recently: we were having lunch in West LA, and she was in town from Israel. And she says to me, wow, she goes, did you really answer him that way? And I said, why? She goes, that just sounded so cold and emotionless. And I said, well, it is. I said, it's just matter of fact. And she's like, honey, she goes, it's not this way with everybody. She's like, you can feel free to interject a little bit of emotion. And I think... You know, whether it's from my growing up, my years in corporate America, my work with the military, my work in the firearms industry, where I've I've chosen to take the emotion out of most things, it makes it hard to raise kids to feel emotions when mommy stuffs them. Yeah, you know, I, first of all, I just want to applaud you for hearing what that therapist or that person said, um, because there is... There's just a wealth of information out there, and the truth is not everybody wants it to be just news and only news. Um, There are so many people that need you to acknowledge the feelings. And the question is, how does it really serve you to stuff those feelings? What is it doing to you physically, and what's it doing to you emotionally? What are you doing with those feelings, and how? where do they live? They have a mind of their own, and they will leak out whether you like it or not. Um, <clears throat> that's why parenting is so difficult for a lot of people. They're trying to take their corporate life, their logical mind, and apply it to parenting. But parenting is 100% emotional. It starts from the very beginning when you have that tiny little infant, and all of a sudden your heart grows just like the Grinch, 15 times its size. And you experience unconditional love, and then you experience tremendous fear. And then you stuff the fear. The fear is, I don't know how to handle this. I don't know how to do this. I've never experienced this. What am I supposed to do? What are feelings? What are emotions? How many of them are there? Do I have to feel them all at once? Will I feel them one at a time? And then are you, start- you in my mind? <laughs> <laughs> you know, then, then you're faced with, um, how do I take the emotions and how do I address them and how do I apply them? to correcting behavior. So let me, let me just go to correcting behavior and then we'll go back to emotions. So imagine for a moment that your child's behavior appeared on an adult, that an adult, that an adult interrupted your phone calls, your conversations, made constant bids for attention, demanded that you paid attention to them right now, or they would create a ruckus and refuse to do what you asked. Would you want to be around that person? No. 
Sharon, I'm just going to jump in here for a second because I really want to take a moment as we talk about uh, parenting and proactive parenting to thank our sponsor today because without our sponsor, shows like this would not be on the air. And our sponsor today is StoryWorth, and it's a really, really good product. And this holiday season, I want to give my loved ones a gift that makes them feel special and unique, just like the relationships we share. And that's why, Sharon, I'm giving everyone I care about StoryWorth. StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your loved ones preserve precious memories and stories for years to come. It's thoughtful and it's meaningful and it's a gift that connects you to those who matter most. And here's how it works. Each week, StoryWorth emails your relative or friend a thought-provoking question of your choice from their vast pool of possible questions. And each unique prompt asks questions like you'd never think to ask. Like, you know, what did you like? Like most growing up or what do you remember most about you know raising kids when you were young things like that like or if you could see into the future what would you want to find out and you get to ask these questions and after one year story worth will compile all your loved ones stories including photos into this really beautiful keepsake book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come we did this with my mom and I love it and so do my brothers and sisters and so so do my mom's grandchildren. And now we get to share my mom's stories with generations to come. That's super cool. And you get to read these weekly stories and that helps you connect with loved ones no matter how near or far you are. And we're talking about how to connect with our kids as we talk with Sharon here at ProactiveParenting.net. And with StoryWorth, I'm giving those I love most a thoughtful personal gift from the heart and I'm preserving their memories and stories for years to come. So I want you guys to check it out. Go to storyworth.com slash military mom and save $10 on your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash military mom to save $10 on your first purpose. And this is really important, you guys, because we not only save money on our first purchase, but we get to preserve these memories and you cannot get them back. So please, please, please go to storyworth.com. Go right now, storyworth.com slash military mom and save $10 on your first purchase. Now we're talking today with proactive parenting expert Sharon Silver. And you were talking about like, what is the point of childhood? And I think this is really interesting. Childhood is an opportunity to shift that behavior for children, to teach them how, how to discipline themselves. And what we have missed as part of disciplining ourselves is unearthing those emotions. In the 50s, it was really typical. I mean, that's my father's generation. It was the IBM generation. All the men looked the same. They all wore white shirts and thin ties and went off to work. They compartmentalized all of their emotions. They never addressed them. My mother, God bless her, had so many emotions and nobody would listen to her that she fell apart. She eventually just became an emotional, not crippled, but she became incapacitated by all of her emotions. So, you know, both my parents then joined the 60s, addressed their emotions, and our life changed radically. That's another story. So the idea is that your emotions have a life of their own, and you get very freaked out by them, and you have to learn to address them. Make sense? Absolutely. Now, do you, and again, this is just, this is just a discussion, but... Some people definitely have more emotions than others. Like when I look at me and and my family, I've got two girls who are very emotional. You can tell what they're feeling on their face and they're they're they express it very well and they're really good at it. And then there's two of us that just kind of sit there like stumps. And this is the way we were since we were little. It's not like we popped onto this earth and you know somebody shut all these emotions down. I think that, you know, whether it's gender specific, I think there are people who are better at expressing their emotions than others from the get go. Yeah, I do. I think that there are people that have more, um, you know, we're making a value judgment about how much emotion is okay and not okay. So we have to stop right there. We can't say that one person um, is better at this than the other. It's more about what is your emotional type. So what's your temperament, who are you, and how are you going to deal with that? That takes the value judgment out of it, okay? I have a sister who's extremely emotional compared to mine. 
Well, you know, that was created based on my family of origin. I was the one that was supposed to take care of her. She was she was born emotional. It doesn't make me right and her wrong or her right and me wrong. It just is. So we identify what the emotional type is. And now I know how to address her. I know how to communicate with her. And that's what the key is. So, you know, what kind of emotional person are you? Are you an intellectual and intense thinker? Are you an emotional sponge? You're very empathetic for other people. Um, <clears throat> are you the rock, the strong, silent type? I'm more that person um, mixed with with a lot of emotion. Um, are you the gusher who's attuned to emotion? You know, I mean, there's a million different types here. So what would you say you are? Oh, I would be the stump. I would be the rock. Like, it's very hard for me to even figure out what I'm feeling. In fact, it, in one experience I had, um, there was a therapist who showed me this chart. It was like a, 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 a laminated piece of paper, and it had all these little smiley faces on it, or what I thought. And then underneath it were all these words like anger, disgust. And, you know, I really didn't know there. I knew the words. Like, I knew from a vocabulary standpoint. What I knew the words, but I had no idea how many nuances there were with anger and that there was happy and there was joy and there was elation. And, you know, it was just all these things that was so overwhelming to me. And I'm like, this is, this is, it, it was difficult for me because I really, you know, I really do only have a couple emotional speeds. And, you know, one of my kids has a lot more nuances in his emotions. So it's, it's hard for me to understand him. It's hard for me to relate to him. My other one is more built like me and we can, we can communicate differently. So it is a challenge for me to communicate with both kids because they are so different. Let me ask you this then. Would you say that <clears throat> what you do is you have the emotion, you feel the emotion or you observe the emotion in another person, but you use your intellect to try and figure it out? Yes, I have like a set of of like a, a set of matrices like, OK, you know, they're crying and then I'm like, next check. Is it happy crying? Is it sad crying? Like and then I, I try to think about like what's going on that I know about them. That's that's causing this reaction, but I don't necessarily feel it along with them. Okay, so your goal in life is that you would be given a child that would push you to get past the intellectual part of it and drop down into the emotional part of it. And that's how family life works. And it's a, such a joy, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we are given children for a reason. We're given children to um, provoke us to go to another place. So if you have, if you're a stuffer, and but you work everything through your mind, you're still not accessing that emotional base. You need to get to that place where you go, oh, my God, I feel that with you. And just be there with the emotion. Don't do anything. Don't try and fix it. Just be there with the emotion. And that's really hard. It is, because for a rational thinker like me, I tend to analyze it, turn it away, or turn it around in my mind, and that, that takes me steps away from the emotion, so I don't have to feel it. Exactly, exactly. That's exactly it. So you're still trying to dis, uh, distance yourself from the emotion, and so you're still trying to protect yourself. The bottom line is, we don't... What is at the core of most of this is fear and anxiety, guilt, lack of self-worth, um, those are the basic emotions that we are running through all of this. So if you see a child who's upset, you have guilt. Did I do something? Lack of self-worth. I have no idea how to figure this out. I'm angry that you're taking my time and I have to figure this out. And anxiety of like, mm, I don't have a clue what's going on. I'm getting really anxious here. So, you know, give yourself a, a permission to go through all of that. And as you get more and more used to it, you, you, you start being able to get a little more comfortable with it. The bottom line is it's about talking to yourself. Okay. I know we have to go to break, so we'll talk about it when we come back. We're here today with Sharon Silver at ProactiveParenting.net. This is part of our four-part series. You're going to want to check out our series on yelling, arguing, and consequences. Today we're talking about feelings and managing emotions and how much parenting is really about us and, and not so much about our kids many times. We'll be back after the break. 
Hey, mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here on Motherhood Talk Radio and Military Mom Talk Radio, visiting with Sharon Silver of ProactiveParenting.net. Now, we're doing this parenting series because um, I know I struggle a lot trying to figure some of this stuff out and, and, and knowing what to do. And somebody like Sharon, who has these parenting programs at Proactive Parenting, she's helped me a lot over the years. And so I bring her to you and encourage you to pull some of the languaging out of today's show and pull some of the concepts because they really do demystify some of the great questions we have as parents. And for some of us, we all struggle in different areas as parents. I struggle in the areas of emotions and I watch my kids and they just seem to be, especially in their teen and preteen years, like shooting emotions out right and left. And I kind of look at them like fireworks, like, oh, wow, like, look at that. (laughs) And, um, you know, I, 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 I have a hard time with recognizing the differences in some of their emotions. Like I can't tell, like to me, all anger looks the same a lot of times or all sadness looks the same or all frustration looks the same. And I know there's lots of nuances out there. And to be fair, I chose a career in technology for a reason. Machines don't have emotions. They're a lot easier for me to handle. And, you know, it's funny when you said that thing about, kids like you know your kids come here to teach you things and I watch the range of emotions on their face and I'm not a cold unfeeling monster I just have to it just takes me like a second longer to figure out what's going on or to 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 feel something um than the average person because I see my my siblings I see my relatives I see other people interacting in different ways but I'm also a good modeler and that's why I think it's so important Sharon that we have these shows we do these things because we may not be gifted with it intellectually or emotionally or physically, but we sure can look at things that work and model after them. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess my question to you would be, are you a person who always goes toward a solution? Always. Okay. But the truth is that emotions are not always a situation right. where it can be solved. You can't fix them. You can't. No. And my kids will say this, mom, 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 you can't fix this, mom. Just, right. just listen to me. You can't fix this. And it might be also encouraged as a single parent role where I wear both hats. I wear mom and dad in my house. Right. Uh, you know, so you have a lot on your plate and a lot of responsibility and you're a stuffer and you're solution oriented and you're a thinker about these things. And your kids were given to you to bring you to the place where it's like, hey, take a breath. Recognize that it's not, as my son said to me just recently, that's not your job. Now, he's a full-grown adult, but he's telling me, if he said the most brilliant thing to me. He said, by you telling me over and over again how to fix this, you're assuming that I don't know how. And I'm offended by that. Ooh. And I'm like, well done, son. Well done. He said, don't you think that you raised me with enough skills to figure this out? And I'm like, yes, I did. He said, all right, then. So, you know, your kids will bring you these amazing zingers that you're just like, okay, oh, I'm such a fix-it person. Okay, I'll stop. Let me ask you this. Have you ever seen the movie Inside Out by Pixar? Yes, I love that movie. I'm fascinated by it. Yes, that is a, if anybody who wants to talk about feelings, it is my absolute favorite movie with regard to parenting that there ever was. It was brilliant, just brilliant. And there it shows you the shades of gray and how feelings work together and what feeling comes first and then is igniting another feeling. And the bottom line is you can't solve them all. You just can't. They exist. And that's really what you want to do. So what can you do? Um, you know, we, we need to help kids figure out how do you, how do you deal with this? Well, you want to resist any urge to challenge the child's feelings. Resist the urge to fix it, to stop it, to change it. Just accept it that it is the way it is. He's, it's okay if you feel the way that you do. And asking a child to justify why he feels a certain way um, basically sends the message that you're not accepting the feeling. 
It's like, tell me, I insist that you tell me why you feel that way instead of, I hear that you feel that way. There's a difference in the tone of my voice. There's a difference in the place in my throat where that comes from. One is unconditional and accepting, and one is challenging the child saying, you're wrong for feeling that way. So you want to validate his feelings and the fact that he is right. Whatever you feel is totally okay. And and play that back. Biofeed that, that back. Respect that he may not want to talk to you about his feelings right now. And that has to be totally okay. You know, just because you're ready to fix it and solve it and deal with it and apply the solutions that have worked for you does not mean that your child is ready, does not mean that he is capable, does not mean that he wants to let go of those feelings. There are a lot of people that want to hold on to those feelings. And that's their right. Eventually, they'll see that processing it is a better choice, but they have to come to that in their own time. Well, and that's like when I look at both my kids, one of them (laughs) likes to process it quickly and move it off his plate. A lot like me, you know, like I'm going to process it quickly, move it around my plate. The other one likes to kind of savor it, roll it around, you know, and, and, you know, each one of them has a different like timing set point. And so... I have to be aware that, hey, they're both really different in this respect, and it can't be on my timetable. That always blows up. No, it can't be on your timetable, and it will always blow up. And then you're going to go back to the other um, episodes that we've had, which is arguing and yelling because it's an expression of, I don't feel heard. You're not hearing me. It's not that you're not hearing the words. You're not allowing me the space to have my feelings exist. And that's really important, uh, giving a child the space to have their feelings exist. They will come to you when they're ready to resolve it because you're modeling. There's something called mirror neurons, and that's where people, <clears throat> where children look at the way that you're doing it as if they're feeling like they're doing it themselves. So they're learning about how to handle something by watching what you do. It's a very key thing. It's an unconscious thing. It's something the brain does, and it's really important. So even if you are just handling your own feelings with something else, your children are watching and they'll apply that to their situation when they're ready, but you can't force them to do it. Okay. So that also means you have to be really clear about watching the urge to criticize or give advice. It may not always be welcome. Feelings don't always um, elicit advice. I have had to learn that over and over again. I do what I do for a living. Not everybody, my entire set of family and the in-laws, they don't want to hear what I have to say. And rightfully so. To them, I am their aunt. I am not the expert. And that is something that I have had to learn. And I've seen a lot of experts think that they can extend that to the family. Family doesn't want it. They just want you to be who you are. So when your kids are rolling around with feelings, sometimes they just want mom to put their arm around them and go, I hear you, bud. It sucks. Well, and that that goes a long way. I'll tell you, I don't I don't really get involved a lot in the minutia of my kids stuff. If they want to tell me every little bit that happened that caused their upset or their whatever, you know, was going on with them. I let them determine because I got one who tells me every single detail. And the other one is my NTK. He's my need to know kid. He just tells me what I need to know. And, you know, I have to respect that because who's to say my my way of dealing with things is right and i haven't exactly won any gold stars on feeling emotions so i kind of look at my kids to teach me what they need and one of them needs a hug the my ntk one doesn't need advice he doesn't need all this stuff he needs a hug then he kind of goes into his cave and then he comes out and this is where my brothers have helped me understand his nature a lot he comes out and then he's ready to talk and that could be an hour Two days a week later, you know, that's, that's his, that's his time frame. And if I push him on that, I get disastrous results. Now, my other one wants to come in and tell me every single detail down to the color of a button. And that's really hard for me because I'm not real patient with a lot of details. So I have to, I really have to school myself into going, all right, this is what he needs. And quite frankly, if I just let him fire off his machine gun rattle, um, and, and just 
listen, that's all I need to do, Sharon. I don't need to do anything. I just have to settle myself enough to sit still to listen. He gets what he needs. He goes on his way and he's fine. My older one, I got to be patient and wait for him to come around. Two different scenarios, but it really helps me it with my relating to the world because I think the hardest thing that I had to learn was not everybody feels the way I feel and not everybody thinks the way I think. We're all completely different. Absolutely. Absolutely. And emotions are what is unique to being human. It is what makes us feel alive. And, you know, what you have done by that short story that you're helping the audience really understand is once again, and we've talked about it throughout this entire series, that knowing your children well enough to know how to handle it is what you're doing to make them feel heard. So being heard does not always mean that you have to hear their feelings, be present. It could be an arm around their shoulder. It could be giving them space. That's hearing what they need. So it isn't always sit down, let's talk, I need to hear your feelings. Let's talk about that. No, sometimes it's, you know what? I hear you. I hear you need some silence. You need some space. That serves a child. And that is how you deal with feelings. Also, you have to look at, as a parent, you have to examine your own feelings of discomfort. How are you feeling inside when your kids are presenting you with all of this emotion? That's key for you. We don't live in a vacuum. When we're in a family system, We're part of all of this. There's growth that's happening for us as well. So don't just put it on your kids. Take a look and say, you know, I'm really anxious as I hear about all these emotions. Why? And figure that out for yourself. Right. We're going to explore that more after the break because we really can't change our kids. We can't change other people, but we can enact change in ourselves. And for me, with greater awareness and understanding, I'm able to, to, when I know better, I do better. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about emotions and how they are anchored within our parenting schematic. We'll be back after the break. Hey, this is Sandra from uh, Military Mom Talk Radio and Motherhood Talk Radio, and we are visiting today with Sharon Silver of ProactiveParenting.net. Now, I want to just kind of put a disclaimer out, Sharon, because we, you know, when we talk about parenting, one of the things that that, you know, because I'm a single mom and... I am who I am, and I do ask a lot of questions. I get a lot of advice from people. Sometimes I ask for it, sometimes I don't. And because I come from a big family, I get a whole bucket of it, whether I ask for it or I not. (laughs) And one of the things that I had to realize is that when people give me advice, or even if you're listening to the radio show today, um, and you're hearing the advice from Sharon and myself, we can only advise on what we know, on what we experienced, and what works for us. And what might work for me may not work for you. And sometimes I get well-intentioned advice and I have to take a step back, like put my ego in check and take a step back and go, this person is well-intentioned. And just because this worked for them doesn't mean it will work for me. It may or may not, because especially in a parenting, step-parenting, blended family, there's a lot of advice rolling around when your kids are growing up. And they might come home to you and say, this is what I learned from X. This is what I learned from Y. And it could be absolutely diametrically opposed to what you're teaching. And that's where parenting and step-parenting can get really mucky. And what I found works for me is to explain to my kids, you know, when people are teaching you things, they're teaching what worked for them. So you might want to try it out. You might want to roll it over in your mind, see if it works, see if it doesn't work. And this comes with managing emotions because I've got like my dad is part of that greatest generation where the man puts up shut ups puts the meal on the table he doesn't get involved in the woman's stuff you know the feelings and all that kind of stuff you know that's one kind of emotional message in our household and then there's differing emotional messages coming from the dad's household and my household and so you know here are my kids getting all these different messages and um I think it's safe to say that we're all pretty good at managing the good stuff, the happy stuff, but it's the difficult emotions that 
are a little harder because I'm a write it out, talk it out, punch it out, work it out. Part of my family is a just put it on a shelf and it'll go away and put it in a box, deal with it later. And all of these methodologies work at different parts, different times in our life. It's not always possible to let your feelings go at that moment there is a there is wisdom in in holding your feelings inside till it's safe to deal with them or appropriate to deal with them i mean there's a lot of things about managing emotions and different family members in my household some of them are like well you never hold back your emotions and then another family is you always hold back your emotions and you deal with it in a private you don't make it anybody else's business but your own family you know there's so many messages out there yeah, there's a ton of messages, and I and I want to be really clear here and say that what works for me, the style that I teach, is not always going to be everybody's, you know, uh, ball of wax. What uh, my mentor um, said something years ago, which and I'm repeating what she said, which is the best that I can do is dance the steps right beside you, and you pick up what works for you in a parenting situation. The goal that you want is regard, they're gonna, your children are gonna have lots of influences out in the world from TV and social media, step parents and parents and teachers and coaches. They're gonna have a ton of information and you're, you're gonna want it to be, some parents want it to be, I want you to listen to the, my side and do it my way. The best thing that I can suggest for parents to do is to redirect the question to yourself. And do that with your children. Tell your children, look, you have all the answers you need in life deep inside you. Your goal is to figure out how to unearth it. It's there. You have a wealth of information inside of you. And as you grow, it will slowly begin to appear. And where you find it is by paying attention to the emotions first. They are your first trigger. If you're feeling anxious, you want to know why. You don't put it on a shelf and say, I'll deal with it later, because that just postpones um, the investigation. If you choose to do that, that's okay. Maybe that'll work for you. It doesn't work for me. So there you've mirrored what works for you without forcing the child to do it. Well, and I'm going to just jump in really quick here and say I'm a shelf putter because too much coming at me at once overwhelms me and I get confused. But if I can get to a place, even if it's a bathroom or, you know, a hallway, I can take a minute, slow down enough to figure it out or deal with it. Like, I just want to give flip sides on this one. Like you, you're, you can do it on the fly. I need kind of peace and quiet, like a bathroom stall to -hmm. figure out what I'm feeling. And both of them are okay. And I feel something and I need a bathroom stall or a moment to to um, go through that and decide how do I want to deal with that? Because otherwise I'll fly off the handle or, uh, you know, I'll just react and I know better. And so my muscle is take a moment. So it doesn't matter. Take a moment is the best advice for anyone, anytime, whether it's to unearth the feeling or to decide what to do with the feeling. But the feeling is where the key is. That's the key. So however you do it, go to the feelings. They're not strangers. They're there for a reason. They represent some experience that you've had that created that moment, created that feeling. There's a lot of the stuff that I ask parents to go through in um, the membership um, series where I'm, I'm giving you questions to ask yourself so you can track back and figure out, where did I learn this? Where did I come up with this? So it's about self-exploration. You want to change your parenting, you begin with yourself. The best, the most important person that you need to parent is yourself. And we have completely forgotten about that. And that's why we feel so alone when we're parenting our children, because we have forgotten to parent ourselves. We don't ask ourselves those questions. We're not taking good care of ourselves. When you take good care of yourself, it's really easy to extend that to your children. What does that mean? Like taking care of yourself. Like, uh, you know, they said that to me in counseling. I've heard that over and over. You got to take better care of yourself. And, you know, I get my hair done. I get my nails done. I watch what I eat. I go to the gym. But you're talking about internal. And I'd love to just know a little bit more about what does that mean? 
It means honoring how you're feeling in the moment. It means taking time. Um, I'll give you an example. I am a workaholic. It is what is on my plate right this minute, and it is teaching me tremendous methods about myself. I will compromise um, the, my food intake, my my walking around in order to get to the end of the goal. And that's a really bad thing for me. And I am now starting to dismantle that. Where did I learn that? I have to ask myself. I learned that from my father. And I learned it as a reaction to the way my mother did life. My mother was very lackadaisical. My mother was just focused on being a mom. I had a different reaction to that. I wanted to be a career woman and a mom. So, you know, I learned this. And now I need to say, well, I learned it. I learned it in a way that doesn't serve me. So now how do I relearn it and take better care of myself? So I walk every morning. I need to eat well. I need to get up every hour and stretch and move my body. I need to do yoga. And I need to pay attention to my own feelings. My feelings of frustration or um, exhaustion. Like I said earlier in the series, I'm sleep deprived. Am I paying attention to that? Am I giving myself a day off? Am I paying oh, and work attention? is a really good place to bury your feelings, too. It is. Am I giving myself permission? What are my feelings about giving myself a day off? I mean, because there's a whole bag of feelings over there. So taking care of yourself is not just about um, sleeping well and eating well. It's about dismantling every drop of all the inner workings of who you are and how you feel about this. I mean, I actually believe that taking a day off is not the best thing for me right now. And that's ridiculous. So I have to investigate, why do I feel that way? Now, if I don't take care of myself, if I don't honor that, if I don't pay attention to those feelings, what if I have a little kid and they come to me and they want my attention? They have a need. I'm going to yell at them. I'm going to argue with them. I'm going to push them away. And then I'm going to blame them for their misbehavior. And I've never looked at myself. Well, that's, I agree. I mean, that's a hard one. Like when I'm in the zone and I'm working and they come in, especially, you know, I have my office in my home. So there's a blurred line between work and family a lot of times. And when my kids were little, their feelings would get hurt if I'm on a business call or if I'm on the radio and they can't, you know, get their needs met. And, you know, we ended up finding a solution of having, you know, the uh, Anna would take them out and take them to the playground while I had a radio show. So we didn't get into that. And now that they're older, they understand understand better but it's very hard not to feel rejected as a kid when mom or dad has something else because the kid doesn't see the value in it he just sees whatever it is is more important than me absolutely and you know i think that that's a really good point here is it's all interconnected you were talking earlier about the fact that you're a stuffer and that you have a hard time identifying emotions and one of the things that i would suggest for people that have a hard time identifying the emotions or stuff their feelings instead of saying things like i'm angry which is what a lot of people want you to say what if you just took the moment and identified what the feeling was This is anger. I'm experiencing anger. I'm experiencing anxiety because that uses our intellectual mind. We can identify that. So that's a really good first step is just to acknowledge what is what is it that I'm feeling? And then you can start working with it because there's anxiety in even approaching the emotion. Totally. And that. Yeah. And that'll block us from ever getting there. So use your intellect, use your strength, use your intellectual thinking and identify, call it what it is, and then work with it. Okay, we're visiting today with Sharon Silver at ProactiveParenting.net. This is part of our four-part series on yelling, arguing, consequences, and feelings, really showing and managing our emotions. Now, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about deconstructing some of these things because if you're good at managing your emotions, you know, maybe you need this, maybe you don't. But for those of us that struggle or those of us that are going at such a pace, we don't stop to feel our emotions, which is really really common today. Uh, This next segment is for you.
Hey, mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Sharon Silver, and we are talking about feelings and managing emotions and showing emotions. And I'm going to say some things that may or may not make me popular with my tech crowd, and they may fall into a stereotype, but so be it. Um, I was put on technology at a very, very young age, at kindergarten, actually, and um, I've grown up with technology, and I do believe that my working with machines and and spending a lot of time in technology, I feel much more comfortable IMing, uh, emailing, texting, and face-to-face conversations. The more I work, the harder they are to have. And I think one of the things that's helped me in my radio career, Sharon, is that I don't have to have the eye contact face-to-face conversation. I can express myself while looking at a screen. And that's something I'm very, very comfortable with. And I see the kids of the next generation coming up with the emojis, with the texting, with the instant, instant, and then the proliferation of entertainment, whether it's, it's you know, at any given time, 24-7, you can watch a Disney movie, you can, you can watch a Charlie Brown special, and, you know, where historically we had to wait for these things, yeah. um, patience and distraction, um, patience is lacking and distractions are prevalent, and what I'm seeing is with the proliferation of all this stuff, both good, bad, and indifferent, the space to feel emotions is dwindling. That window to feel an emotion dwindles. And um, I think of my own tech background and how it shaped me. I look at the use of technology today, and I see that our our generation, the next generation is going to have a tough time with their feelings. I think so. And I think that what's going to end up happening that's going to change a lot of this um, is, as you were saying that, I was envisioning um, a group of people who are so addicted to their technology and to their social media and are much more comfortable with the instant messaging and the emojis that when they're faced with their children who don't have access to that and are all pure emotion, they're going to be intolerant of this emotion because it isn't objective. It isn't distanced from them. And they're going to have a really hard time. And that's where I think that we're just about rounding the corner is that parents are now faced with this infant or this two-year-old or this four-year-old who is all about raw emotion, and they have to be in the presence of it. And it causes them to experience great anxiety and their own emotions, and now they're lost because they've been doing it from a distance. They haven't been plugged in. There's been no acceptance. Um, When you are dealing with social media, it is a, you know, instant, quick way to deal with it. Like somebody was telling me the other day that they're dealing with their mother and they're, you know, I, that they're in pain. Now I had had, I had offered to have a long conversation with them, but they kept going back to wanting to be very short and very quick and to the point. So I gave them just a thumbs up and I felt horrible about it, but that was what they wanted. They didn't want to touch it. Now, what if they were having all those emotions and their child was having all those emotions. Could they give their child a thumbs up and and their child would just accept it? No. What will end up happening is they'll increase the arguing, increase the yelling, increase the misbehavior as a way for the child to express themselves. So in parenting, distancing yourself from emotions is going to cause more problems than diving in. And diving in is hard. And I know that what I'm asking people to do is difficult, but it is it's why we're human beings. It's what makes us unique. And so what can you do? Well, we're in our last segment here. I'm winding up the series. I would say, first of all, recognize that you have all the answers inside of you. What you have to do is stop and take a moment and turn toward yourself. Ask yourself, how am I feeling? What are I going to do about this? Investigate where this comes from. Take that deep breath and sit with the anger. Don't be afraid of it. This is where I made a statement earlier about parenting yourself, taking care of yourself. That is taking care of yourself. Be present with it. Almost treat your emotions as if they were your children because they are the children of your soul. So look at it and say, okay, I see that there's a part of me, 
you can identify it as the child within who has this anger, has this fear. What can I do for you? I mean, this is an exercise you would do privately in meditation. What can I do for you? How can I help you? What do you need to tell me? If you approach it that way, you have unconditional love for yourself and you begin to not be so afraid of your emotion. Identify it. Say, I know this is how you feel. What can I do? And, you know, I know it sounds embarrassing. I know it sounds silly, but this is parenting yourself. Accept that you have these emotions and say, where did you learn this? And then be quiet and see what yourself has to tell yourself. You'll be amazed at the wealth of information that's going to come from you. Well, and I share, and I want to pop in here and tell people what this actually looks like, because I hear it, and I've heard this, and I've been told this, but until I actually saw what it looked like, um, what this looks like, guys, is, is, you know, and I do this, like, if I'm out, I'll sit on a bench in a store, and Mm -hmm. I'll take 10 minutes, and this is really hard for me, because I'm not a sit-still person, um, or I'll walk, but you got to shut your phone off, you know, or put your phone away. Like if you can't go 10 minutes without checking your phone, which was my life for a while, um, <laughs> I, I had to build up the skill to step away from my phone. I know that sounds silly, but when you talk about listening to yourself, you can't listen to yourself while you're doing 20 other things. I really thought I was listening to myself while I'm kind of answering emails, answering texts, you know, listening to Netflix, you know, in the background, that that was my me time. And it wasn't working. And finally, one of the ladies I was working with, she says, I want you to go to a park and I want you to sit on a bench for 15 minutes. Can you do that? And I said, Yeah, I could do that. Then she's like, without your phone right (laughs) yeah i mean you literally have to honor yourself this is what i mean when i say you're taking care of yourself is give the respect to yourself that you would give to your child you would never really think that you were listening to your child by checking your text you know that that's not right you know that that's not accurate so be that honorable with yourself and that's really important when you do, yourself will, will give you the information you're looking for. In doing this, you start learning about yourself and your own emotions. And now you can share that with your child. And that's how you're going to stop the yelling and the arguing and the, and the extra misbehavior because we're dealing with emotions. Unfortunately, technology is pulling us away from our emotions. It's not a healthy place to be. The other thing that really is important here and something you can share with your children and know for yourself is that emotions are not permanent. They're fluid. And so how you feel in this moment can change in the next moment. So by going and touching those feelings does not mean that you're going to bathe yourself in that anxiety or that fear or that anger for the rest of your life. It's fluid. It will change. So investigate and respond to yourself and figure it out. And be open to whatever happens. That's how you deal with the emotions. See, and I think I just wrote down how you feel will change. It will pass. And, you know, we hear these things like, you know, this will pass. You know, my mom used to say that this will pass. Um, But, yeah, I mean, if you think about your feelings in the day about a certain scenario, I can go from anger to fear to trust to love. Like, I'll give a quick example. Um, Recently, I got asked out by a guy that I had a crush on forever. And. Mm -hmm. The gamut of emotions for me as an adult ran from, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited to, oh, once he feels figures out who I am, he won't like me anymore to, oh, I should just just stop this. This is too stressful. So I'm just going to disconnect to, oh, my God, what am I going to wear? Like I was all over the map in one hour. Yeah. Completely different feelings from fear to anxiety to elation to joy to disbelief. And it was like all this over the same situation. And it was just stuff. But I sat with it and then I let it go. I watched it all fly away like birds. You know, uh, people have a disconnect with what you just did. I think what you did is brilliant. But there's one piece that might be missing is asking yourself in the moment when you have those feelings, what happens if? Go ahead and face the feeling. So in that moment when you're feeling terrified and you think, oh, my God, he'll never like me. Once he figures out who I am, he'll never like me. 
So then you ask yourself literally in that peaceful moment, so what happens if he doesn't? You need to walk through the scenario and that then all of a sudden the emotion shifts and changes and blows away. That's part of the process. So always and teach your kids, ask yourself, what happens if? That's just one of the most valuable things you can do. And all of a sudden you realize not only is what happens if um, not threatening, but I can handle that. I can do that. I know how to do that. Now you're empowered. Now you can handle it. And the emotion goes. That's awesome. Yeah, because what happens if we live happily ever after? What happens if he's not the one? I'll meet somebody else. Like it's, it's, you know, billions of people on this planet. It's not like there's only one. But I think that conversation you have with your head has to happen off the phone, off the computer, where you're quiet. Because you can't be interrupted. No, you can't be interrupted. And, And really and truly, if you're interrupted, then you're ripping yourself off. You're ripping yourself off from um, from fixing it. And and so yourself goes, well, you know, nuts to you. I'm not going to pay attention. It's it's as if you are trying to fix something for your kid. Um, you rip them off when you try and fix something for them without their permission. Don't rip yourself off. Go through the process. Deal with the emotions. Focus on them. And learn by learning about your emotions, you are more capable and empowered to deal with your children's emotions. That's how you're going to help them. And yourself at the same time. We're visiting today with Sharon Silver of ProactiveParenting.net. She's got programs. She's got materials. You're going to want to go to ProactiveParenting.net if you liked what you heard today. You can also listen to our episodes on yelling and arguing and consequences. Parenting doesn't have to be a dark black hole. There is help. Sharon Silver, ProactiveParenting.net. We'll be back again next week with another great episode. Happy parenting. Thanks for spending time with us today on Military Mom Talk Radio. We've got more than 200 episodes available to you anytime on iTunes or at our website, MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com. Find us on Facebook or Twitter. We look forward to another great conversation with you on Military Mom Talk Radio.